we gathered here on the universe at this time, this particular time, to listen to the 36 black notes of the piano. There's 36 black notes and 52 white notes. We don't mean to eliminate nothing, but we're gonna just hear the black notes at this time, if you don't mind. You're listening to Black Girl from Eugene with Aisha. Eugene and the world. How are you? This is Aisha with Black Girl from Eugene. I'm so happy to be here and to be back. Okay, so I have a wonderful guest uh, here for me and she's on our phone line. So we're going to go ahead and have her piped in through a microphone through the phone. So if anyone has a hard time hearing, please call the station. Let us know. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start off with her bio and then we're going to jump right into it. All right. Here we go. Jocelyn Mathis Reed. That is my guest. She hails from Detroit, Michigan. Her lifelong passion for dance has taken her on a journey that includes performing with Aretha Franklin as a teenager, studying West African dance in Ghana as an undergraduate, and continuing to teach dance to a wide range of students over the years. In addition to leading workshops and intensives, she currently teaches dance at several Bay Area colleges teaching ballet, modern, jazz, hip-hop, dance history, hip-hop culture, and advanced technique courses. She founded Mathis Reed Dance Company in 2014. Jocelyn's style of movement and choreography is driven by a high-energy fusion of hip-hop, modern, and ballet forms, resulting in her own unique style. She has performed with, and I'm going to, these names are going to, I apologize in advance, but um, she has performed with Sanichi Ivakova, Nina Half, Wanjuru, Kamuyu, Anna Marie, Sylvia Walter Alvin Ailey Company choreographed duet of Wade in the Water, Heather Stockton, Mills College of Repertory Company, and California State University, East Bay Repertory Company, and more. Jocelyn represented her MFA thesis, a documentary film screening of the Jitterbugs, pioneer of the JIT at Detroit Institute of Arts. Jocelyn holds a BA in dance, theater, oh, dance and theater arts from California State University, East Bay, and an MFA in dance performance and choreography from Mills College in Oakland, California. Jocelyn has trained in Dunham, Horton, and Graham techniques. Dang, girl. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah, I, do, I do what I can. Welcome to my show. <laughs> yeah, well, I am so happy to be a part of your show. I'm sad that this is a radio show and not a, a video so we can see you dance because it sounds like that's what we need to be doing is watching. Not, I'm not right now because I just had a baby, but soon. <laughs> Girl, it's, it's in you. It's in you. It's all up in it. It's like... <laughs> I'm like, I'm taking as long as a break as I need to. Girl, I have to say, though, Alvin Ailey, um, I mean, you have a long list of impressive, impressive folks that you've worked with. I mean, Aretha Franklin, all, I mean, you know, uh, Ivakova. This is like a long list. But I, from a very young age, I remember Wade in the Water through uh-huh. different chore- different choreographed um, pieces from Alvin Ailey. So that I'm, I'm more than like beyond impressed that you were able to choreograph a duet uh oh i didn't i didn't choreograph it they just put it on me when i was in uh in my mfa program and okay it was an amazing experience alvin ailey came to mills college and i got to to be a part of their company for i think they were there for a week i'm not i don't even remember but it was life-changing and i've danced with teachers who have taught me in detroit who trained with ailey so ailey is my go-to yeah i mean for it's like an epitome of of you know i mean ailey if people don't know about the ailey dance company look it up and get educated because it is a premier black uh, dance company and and it has never failed to produce um, just world class choreography uh, stories performances just you know never failing right. black excellence you black know what I mean? excellence because like, I didn't even know that growing 
up. I didn't even know we had that. So it's just really important. If you don't know about it, find out about it. Right. You know, get, get in, get into it. Cause you're going to have an experience. You just, you know, you, you really don't, don't know is available to you. It's amazing. So we, right. we were going to talk about code switching and it's funny because, um, our conversation starting off with code switching and how um, fitting into the black community. Cause we were talking about, you know, the Pacific Northwest and um, being able to meet living in the Pacific Northwest as a black woman and not ever really fitting in. I always talk about like the idea of inclusion, um, you know, being like this idea, but never quite the reality because they're not actually talking to black folks about being included and how to be included. Um, right. right. And so the, we were talking, you and I, uh, I was, so this, this whole conversation was talking about the code switching and how we can bring, how we were able to find our voice through dance and the same, you really went right. all the way. And I, and I, um, have, uh, was able to find my, my peace with myself through my dance. So I, yes. I went ahead because I am who I am and, <laughs> and got the definition of code switch. Because I realize the people who are listening to the show, we talk a lot of colloquialisms and we talk about a lot of definitions that are known in the black community. And um, I realize a lot of the community that, that listens to my show aren't necessarily black. So, right. I, yeah, I got some feedback of people like, well, what does that mean? What does that mean? So, um, so I'm going to go ahead and de- define uh, code switching. It is declined. I mean, I'm sorry, how it is defined, like dictionary wise. But then I, I, we can talk about how really just society is already morphing that into something else. So code switching as a definition is the practice of alternating between two or more languages or varieties of language in a conversation. Yeah, that, that is, that is the definition of code switching per like, you know, Webster dictionary <laughs> or, oh, you know, okay. Google. Cause I, I'm like, All right, Isn't uh, that funny? Because that's, that's not what I see it as, but Right. No, most people don't. And I think there's an old, there's an old, um, I don't, I, I, it's not really a saying, but it's a behavior. It's a survival behavior, which when I grew up, because my, both of my parents are from St. Louis, you're coming out of Detroit. They, right. they talk about tap dancing or like, you know, the way that black folks have to act in front of white folks versus right. what it's we like, do. It, it is called like tap. I didn't know what code switching was actually until last year when some younger black people are like, yeah, you have to code switch. I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. They're like, Jocelyn, we do it every day. And I'm just like, oh, okay. So you mean tap dance around and, you know, kind of not be who you really are to kind of fit into what you need to do on it's, an everyday basis. Yes, yeah. exactly. That is it. And now people, the, the understanding of, um, the understanding of tap dancing for black folks is like to be accepted, to be understood or to even be heard in, in white spaces. There's a way that we, um, are, are able to, to cross over that boundary and, and be heard like, you know, um, and unfortunately I think you and I we were talking about as you grew up, you were saying how you didn't really fit in with your friends. Um, no, in- I didn't really have a lot of friends. Honestly, I had my, my cousins and my family, but they knew I was different and they, you know, accepted me for who I was from the get-go, you understand? So, mm-hmm. like, growing up, even I had issues with, even, I even had issues with some cousins, uh, even on my dad's side, just because I was just different. Right. Um. Yeah, I, I just, I like different music, I dress differently, but what connected me was dance. They're like, oh, she's weird. <laughs> But she can get down, like she can dance, <laughs> and if you just watch her, you're gonna be like, "Oh my god!" And that's kind of what got me, what made me pretty popular in middle school and in high school. But before that, like I was really quiet, really timid, because I was just different. Right. And um, I like Led Zeppelin, and people are like rock and roll. What's that? And I'm just like, do you know that? Black people are the core of rock and roll. Right. Like, you know what I mean? It, it, and it's not a white thing. It's a, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when you you were talking about um, being 
one of the things that would distinct distinguish you uh within the black community is like one thing that they would talk about is the fact that you like and i'm air quoting talk white yeah, um, that irritates my entire being and soul. <laughs> you, you understand me? You feel me? You letting you giving white people this this um how can I say it? It's making them seem like they're more intelligent than we are. You right. understand what I mean? Like, oh, you talk white. Mm, I'm talking in, like like I'm a human being and I'm intelligent. So you're giving them all of that credit? Right. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that, that the issue, uh, you and I, we talked about that the issue with, um, in the black community, it's not, a, it's as if we have, that code switching has become uh, a, um, like if you code switch and then you don't switch back. Like, you know, like if you're around black folks and you're still talking proper, which is like the white folks way of talking, then somehow you have lost, uh, lost yourself in that white world and not being able to come back and, and, uh, and speak in this, in the, I guess the language of the community, which I also think is not true either because you you know what I mean? It's like this. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel, I, I, even when I go home to this day, I still have issues with people saying that, I, where are you from? I'm from Detroit. Like, what do you mean where I'm from? I'm from here. Right. You know what I'm saying? And just because I'm different and I come across not in the the codes that state that I'm supposed to be this kind of black person doesn't mean I'm less black. And that's what makes me really upset. I think... You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I am black and... Black comes in so many different things, and it shouldn't be bottled into this one particular thing. And with with the with the um, ebonics and all of that stuff, that annoys me because it's like I don't fit that. Right. You feel me? Well, I, and I but I think that whole ebonics situation is is really like white folks still trying to control and, and name what we're doing. Um, right. And the I think the issue is. Um, like what you were saying, I talk to a lot of people, m- women, mixed women here who have the, kind of the same thing that we're saying where they like don't feel like they don't know what the definition of being black enough is or they're being told by the black community that they're not black enough or they're being told by white folks that you're like, you're like a really nice black person uh, or, you know, uh, and so that idea of like you're not black enough and then we're sitting here fully not not questioning at all our um our blackness our blackness like we are <clears throat> fully black we have black parents we we lived in black communities like we we have done you know we are understand the community we are part of the community and yet due to the the way that i guess the what you lean towards what you enjoyed what your where you were comfortable were out was outside this kind of stereotypical like blackness because you're not the only black person who likes you know uh rock or you know right. it... or just stuff like hiking you know what I'm saying? <laughs> she said hiking <laughs> you know swimming some of the, you know? <laughs> the things that's not considered in the norm in the black community right I, I, yeah i have to just say like you you make black what you want it to be you, you know what i mean and the for the mixed girls out there that are having difficulties just know that you're not alone you know what I right mean? like being someone that is black even has issues trying to find who they are right it was in their own blackness it's, it's a everyday struggle like i really didn't feel like i was coming into being who i really was and being comfortable with who I was in taking up space in my blackness until I was like 24, 25. Right. I always had the attitude of like, this is me, but really honing in to, Hey, you can like it or not. I think that's what the argument. Um, I really do believe that's what the argument is about is that you need to be able to know who you are, be really sure about who you are and what you're doing and how you're bringing this to how, what are you bringing to the table? Because if you're questioning 
your who you are in it is different than actually questioning your place in it. You know, does that make sense? Right. Like, like you're like you said, your identity was never in question. It was like how you expressed your identity is what the, the what the questioning what, what, uh, what threw people off actually. Right. You know. Yeah. It just made people be like, "Whoa, that can also be black." Yeah. Whatever you want it to be. Exactly. You know, I, you know, and then the thing that irritates me is when people try to people outside of our community try to place it. You know what I mean? It's like you don't have that right to right. place anything. Right. Exactly. You feel me? Yeah. You don't, absolutely. You don't get to choose how I'm gonna be black. Right. Ever. That's right. Um, and I think that's where the um the insecurity comes in of, of believing and feeling like you are validated because we're actually the validation and I think that's what the issue is coming from this conversation is that it's like this white supremacist idea of what is acceptable and what mm-hmm. isn't. And black folks are perpetrating that by saying, Hey, if you talk this way, that means you're this much white. You know, or if you did, if you don't dance like this, that means you don't, you ain't really down, you know? Right. Um, but at the same time, in the, I think this is where you and I were laughing. It's like, we recognize a person who ain't like, they're not, they're not together with the black community. Right. <laughs> like, you can, like, you can who are black. That right away. Cause they don't want anything to do with you anyway. Right. Exactly. <laughs> they don't, they don't want to see anything that you're doing. They don't want to be a part of it. They don't want to try to be, you know, black, like we always talk about, you know, black folks not wanting to be black. Like they really trying not to be associated um, with black. Yeah, right. And that's different than what we're talking about. Right. Yeah, that's totally different. So I, so when you were talking about how you came up um, as a young girl in Detroit, um, yes. when did you move out west? Uh, I would say I was 21. Actually, I moved out, and little story about myself: I moved out out west with a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And, Always a boyfriend, um, girl. <laughs> yeah, and we like traveled up and down the coast for like a year, year and a half in an RV. Oh wow! So, okay. Yeah, yeah, I went to all like the nature parks and stuff. Also, and, not typically and, a black thing. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, we got to see some bears. Oh, like, and you all traveling in a van and stuff? Right. Just yeah. hanging out, being, being me, just, just trying to figure out what I wanted, what I wanted to do, where I wanted to be. I knew that dance is, to me, it's not taken as serious in the Midwest. In Chicago, it is. But, mm-hmm. like, I feel in Detroit, people are still like, oh, that's something fun to do. Like yeah. You can't really make a career out of it, mm-hmm. and I proved them wrong. That was like one of the things that I needed to do for myself, right? And um, for my community too, because it's like you can do this, and you can make money, you can have a family, and you can thrive. And yeah, it takes a lot of hard work because it is the arts, but it is something that is that you can do and then it's capable of doing. Right. Um, but yeah, when I go home, people are like, oh, that sounds fun. No, it's actually a lot of hard work that goes into it as well. I'm not just having fun dancing around in a studio. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, there's a lot of work that goes into the dance part of it. So when you're you know? to stay on the idea of this, this culturally, like um, this space where you were able to, to living in Detroit, not like you said, fitting in people are like, you're very quiet. You don't listen to the music. You're not doing, but then you said, let me come into my body through dance. So how did you get, were you introduced to dance or was it just something that you were like, my, my family, we're just born dancers. Like my grandma, my mom, my aunts, my cut, like we can dance. So I feel like at a very young age, I knew I wanted to use dance, but didn't know quite how. Right. Um, But yeah, I would just battle. And so I would be in a circle back in the day when girls weren't really into doing dance battles in the early 90s. I was doing it Mm -hmm. and um, killing it. (laughs) If if I might say myself, yeah. 
uh, um, representing all the girls that were too shy because that was my that was my outlet. Yeah. Like, to go to the city, the underground parties, and to actually dance, mm-hmm. and so I did that. And one a teacher saw me in the hall at school dancing. And she was like, you need to be a part of this dance academy. And I'm just like, but I dance. What do you mean dance academy? Right. So just open up a whole window of new types of dance that I learned to love, Mm -hmm. you know. And I'm just going to holler at her name is Shinky. She's the one who got me more seriously into dance. uh, Okay. Um, at the high school Lathrop, um, when I was growing up, it's no longer there, but Lathrop High School is where I got my start and the confidence mm-hmm. that I needed to like push forward with my dance career. That's amazing. So, yeah. and so you got the confidence there in high school. So, I mean, people say, oh, that, you know, late start, but high school is not a late start. You know what I mean? It's no. not, it's, it's actually pretty early. Um, so as you're going through this, this uh, starting to bud as a dancer and choreographer and you're moving forward, with being, uh, there, there's an ongoing conversation about uh, trying to hold black spaces in white, in, uh, in white areas. Like you're, the, you're a black teacher, you're a black choreographer, what? you're a woman, and you're coming out to, uh, to the West Coast. And I'm looking at like, I, I always am concerned for Oakland and the gentrification of Oakland where black dancers and our authenticity on the West coast is really held in Oakland and with the, yeah. And with the gentrification coming through pushing black artists out, um, or just utilizing the, uh, our, our art and not actually giving us the credit and the money that we're deserving. Um, and it's happening at a super high rate. So now what you're doing there, you're in Oakland, you're teaching, how are you maintaining um, how are you maintaining? Can you maintain? Uh, like, what was the fight or the battle? I well, know there's a battle. I feel like it's it's an ongoing battle in Oakland and Detroit, like all the major cities right now. When it comes to 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 the arts mm-hmm. and like trying to keep it in the city, because mm-hmm. people aren't getting their dues. And I, being a dance professor and teacher it's difficult being a woman and being black mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because i look really i look young too so people don't really take me seriously until they see the outcome of things i've even had people say do you think you got this job because you're black no i said i got this job because i had to work hard and i had to get with some of my co- some of my white colleagues even saying like do you think you work as hard as me um mm, maybe harder right you know what i mean so don't come at it like oh you here because you got let in you know what i mean no i worked hard they they actually approach you i am today and for you to come at it like oh she just got reparations because you know what I mean? Right. She just got a pass. It's like, no, actually I worked really hard. I paid to get myself through school. I did get some scholarship. Right. But at the same time, don't, don't downplay who I am because of my blackness because I am black. I wonder, I mean, you know, I just listening to you talk about that and you're saying like, I did get some scholarships as if that's like a bad thing. You know what I mean? It's like, not a bad thing. It's an amazing thing. And I'm happy I got it so I could pursue my career. Right. But at the same time, I'm. It, it's, it's puzzling because when you're sitting at the same seat with certain people, white people, some of them are like, how did she get here? Why is she here? Right. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. And I'm here because I worked my ass off. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm live. <laughs> I worked really hard, <laughs> right, to to be where I am. Because I keep forgetting you can't cuss. No, so <laughs> I worked really hard to get to where I am, and it just it irritates my soul when 
when people come at it in uh, in that angle. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I've talked to other black women about it too. It's like, oh, you're here because because we needed one token black person here. That you know now, do I mean? you you said the black women feel that way, or they they also black feel- women? Yeah, mm-hmm. like I've talked to other black women about this. It's like, oh, you think I'm here because we need to uh, fit quota? Right, right. Well, I mean, when I when we talk about that conversation of inclusion, I mean, people, you got to understand, we're not blind to the idea that we're the only black person in the room, and you know, or on the, or in the company, or in the in the studio, or in the um in the department, and the right. the questioning of our skills not only comes through us, uh, like why aren't we being not that we're not good enough, but why aren't we being seen? Um, and when our numbers are higher and our classes are fuller and our, you know, um, the people who are coming to our shows are paying, uh, you know, are paying and coming, but yet there's only one of us there, you know, there's that, 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 um, that unexplained, you know, isolation is not really unexplained to us. And I, and that, that's the issue for me is like when you, when we're talking about the code switching idea, of like, how do we cross over this boundary to being that one person uh, that that's in this this space, as if that's a uh, like a like an achievement? You know what I mean? Like, right? And it's and it's not. It's not an achievement. I'm lonely. Right. So with that being said, right. I need more people of color to to be a part of the faculty and to be a part of the community in that way. But my thing is you have to, it's, it's logistics. You are, you already know that mm-hmm. and you can like probably guest teach, but you can't be a teacher unless you have a master's degree or a doctorate. And you have to know all these different forms of dance also. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So right. it's, it, it's always, how can I put it? Um, the, I don't even know the word that I'm looking for, but it's just always um, a block mm-hmm. to where people are trying to go because it's money involved too. You got to remember that also. Right. There's this, there's these kind of barriers that happen uh, for black folks. And so then when the white folks are like, how did you get here? And it's like, you actually made it through all the barriers. Like you actually have a degree. Someone actually right. paid for you to get here. Someone actually let you in. Right. Um, exactly. So I will eat the filet mignon right beside you. I thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right there next to you. Where's the salad at? Right. right? And I think out. I think that's the, the important part of that people. I think that the that that crisis that we're having, and I don't know that it's a crisis, but like that uh, that idea of you know the uh, the black folks who do um, who the black woman or man who is in the only one in the room. The things that we have to go through to be there. Um, the idea is that, the, and, and that doesn't mean just at the, the workplace or the department. It means when we go home too, you know, um, and, into, and back into the community if that's, where, if that's where we are or if we've moved out and our families are still back in the community. Um, I, I think that some people just assume that it's like considered, like I said, it's considered a, oh yeah, you know, um, Jocelyn is teaching in, in this university that's, you know, all white university, blah, blah, blah. And like, that's supposed to be a, a, a badge of prestige. When I think what it really is, and I don't know for you, but like for me, that, that level of code switching becomes, um, it becomes, it's kind of like, it, it's funny because like, you know, Barack Obama's being half, half black. Uh, and I think about, I don't, Angela Rye, she can, like, she considers herself, I mean, she's black and she goes on to highly, um, formal areas doing, bringing her blackness, which means that she's like wearing her hair in cornrows on the CNN, CNN videos, you know, or, um, or she's has her earrings or she, she uses some colloquialisms here and there. She drops it just to show that she hasn't completely given up one identity for the other. Um, right. And Why I do you think I have locks. Oh, that's is that what statement, you... That's a statement within itself. You come in with your hair up in locks, 
people, I feel like people get super intimidated by that. They get intimidated? Is that your goal? I think so. I, I feel it. You can feel people's energy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh... She's that kind of black person. Yes, I am. Yeah, that that's interesting. That kind of black person, which means like you come in with your hair straightened, right? And you're doing a certain thing. Then that's another type of black person. You're not just black, but it's like these these qualifications of how black you can be to be right. accepted and respected, right? Yeah, um, exactly. So that's how. Now is that how you have have um have how have you compromised? in order to be in these white spaces and code switched so that you can, that so that you can be heard and communicated with in these spaces when you're, when you're actually the authority figure, you're the teacher in the dance class, you're the choreographer, you're creating art. And yet you've had to create some sort of code switch to be able to be in that space. Although, like you said, you wear your badge, you have your, you have your uh, locks. Um, What else do you, do you make sure that you bring into those spaces? Me. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Yes. Yeah, um, I bring all of me, and um, I tend. I'm just who I am, and I don't code switching. I feel I used to do it a lot more when I was younger. Okay, the tap dance we're talking about. Yeah, uh-huh. I don't do that anymore. What does that look like? The difference for you. Um. I'm just very transparent. Like, I'm not doing that. And everyone's like, oh, but no, (laughs) I'm not doing that. And when we come up with another um, consensus on how we're going to deal with the situation, please let me know. Yes, I I come off already kind of rough anyway when I talk, but I would say my Code switching have to be how I present, how I'm saying it, mm-hmm. and learning how to be kind in my more kind in my words okay. and my tone. Okay, you know what I mean. Yeah, I don't want people to think I'm being angry when I'm not. So that's a code switch too, where you're trying to filter the angry black woman idea. Right. And yeah. I'm just like I'm not angry. I'm just stating a fact. Right. 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 And you're direct. You know, you're direct. Well, You're not very, questioning. I'm very direct, and people are intimidated by that. But they, I think that when you say people, are you saying black folks are intimidated by your directness, or are you talking about white folks who are direct? I'm talking about everybody. Really? I, I, yes. I don't it's see. I see. Friend. As soon as I hear you're you, I'm like, friend. I know, I know. But <laughs> even when I first met you, I didn't. I, I heard. I just knew. You know. Okay. So let me. <laughs> So let me just say this. When I, I code switch quite a bit, um, with black folks, but, you I, know, but you're in Eugene, Oregon though. That's a whole nother ball game on wax. <laughs> another whole ball. I know. But like, I know when I'm talking to black women, how to talk differently than I talk to white women. Of course. Um, I hear white women and black women differently. So, mm. Yeah, I hear you differently. So when I, and I hear myself, I can tell when I'm doing one thing or the other. Because it's like you said, I grew up in, uh, well, I grew up in kind of in Eugene, but then I traveled the world with my family. So my my view is really multicultural. But I definitely, when I hear a black woman who's being direct, that's what I think of. I don't think of her in any other way but direct. Now I can tell someone who is rude and someone who got like, She's coming with a fight all the time. That's different, right. you know. That's different, yeah. But being direct, though, I think it scares people because you know who you are. Of course, of course. And you know I, what I mean? and I think as a black woman, it it comes packed. It does. It doesn't come with a. Oh, she knows who she is. She's confident. It comes with a. She's got an attitude. She's an angry black woman. Don't say too much to her, or she's gonna blow up. Right, but I'm not, I try to make sure there is switch coding, like I try to make it so you understand I'm not angry. Right, so you you, you know try to I mean? qualify. Like, I am yeah. not upset, I am not angry, I'm just stating the facts. Right. You know? Yeah. And I have to do that with black people and white people. That, I mean, what does that look like when you're, 
you're talking about when you're working with black folks, you need to to make sure that you're not being intimidated or you're not being. What does that look like? I I because it's for me, like honestly, for me, like what the what the what are you talking about? <laughs> Most black people, it's not a big deal. It's just how can I say it? I'm just gonna say it. Just like, say it, girl. When, when it comes when, when it comes to the black people that are still trying to figure themselves out. There we go. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, I don't have to do that with you. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do that with the people that are in my circle. Mm-hmm. I have to do that with people that I have had to work with that don't even understand their own blackness. Right. Right. So, it, it's okay. That makes sense to me. Because they're they're not it's it's like a level of their own insecurity that you're having to play to, um, right. in order to get your things done. That makes sense, and that right. I think um, intuitively people people probably do that um, a lot anyway. But the the idea of black folks doing that in white spaces is because coming to a white space being like you are direct, knowing what you knowing what you want and how. You've seen like what the difference is between when you were younger and now. Do you do you have do you feel like you have to come in at with a with a um kind of like a sign like this is what's gonna happen? Um, no, let let I'm them really, agree. I, I, I'm really calm. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like I just state what I need to do, and I used to be like so willing to just please. Yeah. yeah. Everybody and their needs. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, oh, I'm getting drained, mm-hmm. and I'm taking away who I really am. Right, right, yeah. I can't continue to do that. So I for think- my for 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 my sanity and for my being. Right now, does that did that feel? Um, I think that comes with maturity. Uh, yep, yeah, yeah. You know. But also, like, just not trying to be something I'm not. Because I feel like when I was younger, too, even though I was super confident, I was still trying to play this role of um, compromise. Mm-hmm. I'm compromising my blackness. You feel me? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I can't compromise that anymore at all. Right. And, so, and I won't. Right. I think... For your, I try to think about what you're saying, like the compromising of your blackness, like walking into a space, you've got your master's degree in dancing. You own that space. Like you're, this is, you are creating it. For those uh, folks who don't have that agency, who, you know, um, they were feeling that they can't be truly who they are could cost them their job. Um, Yeah, you know, I think that sometimes that the or like will cost them their relationship or will cost them cost their relationship you know relationships you know it will because because they came because they came in inauthentic ah you know if you came in as and you are inauthentic meaning that you're having to tap dance and code switch to the point where they don't actually know who you are. <laughs> I mean, think about how many think about how many black folks that we know today. Um, and these include mixed black folks who who identify as black and are okay with that. Um, go into a room, do what they got to do while all the white folks leave the room and just be like, "Oh god." You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, "Ooh." I'm tired, you know, like, like oh, I'm so, it's a lot of energy that goes into that, you know, like how many people do we hear that, like, we walk in even being our most authentic self and, and having to still be, um, walk a fine line because the power dynamic that's there is, is against us. So we're, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I would have to agree with that 100%. So with you creating your own space and your choreography speaking for itself, um how do you do do you find yourself or how do you make space for other black folks to come in? Um I recently I've been just working with black dancers and mm-hmm. finding 
black dancers that want to work with me. You go. Uh, you actually actively look for black dancers. Yeah, there's not yeah. many of us. I- well, come on now, like yeah. come on. Well, so we, I, yeah, well, I'm trying to represent and show like barely. Yeah, yeah. Like let's just keep that a hundred. Like it's it's not that simple to find uh, black dancers, and when you find it's like like you have a piece of gold, right? You, you know, it's like a treasure. You, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and I like I told you, my last experience was just amazing. I had two dancers, uh, Lydia and Linda. I hope they're listening right now. Um, that we would go in the studio, and it was just like a healing um, process. Because, mm-hmm. like, I'm not asking you to like know exactly about all of who you are, mm-hmm. but at least try to find it. You know what I mean? Right. Start searching for it. You know what I mean? Because it's not easy. And I I hope I'm not making it sound easy because it's been a huge, um, just, uh, man, just like, it's been an obstacle. Yeah. Just to, a huge obstacle trying to be true to myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and in those spaces where you do, you do find yourself being you, but also tap dancing around. Yeah. And, and, and it's a fine line, and I do agree with that. And when we would get in our space and in the studio, we didn't have to do that. It was like, okay, we can breathe now. Right. That you know is- what I mean? Oh, my God, you guys are here. You guys are my sisters. I love you so much. Thank you for having this space available for for me and like I that was everything to me last year and also too I have kids and yes they're black but they're mixed mm-hmm. and that and I was like I really need to figure out my blackness too within who I am so my kids aren't confused right right you know what I mean there's no confusion there my kids she was like two years old she's three now she's like Mom, am I black? I'm like a hundred percent. Right. <laughs> yes, because it's you, not. You, it, there's no question there. We talked about this on on another episode of having black mothers, um, and how or or mothers are the the vehicle of culture. So if your mother is black, culturally you will um uh, identify black uh, from the fu- the fundamentals. I mean, however it goes as as you go through your life, but your foundation is a black foundation. If your mother was raised black and you, and she is black, um, your, your cultural references from the get go are black. And so, right. yeah. So, um, and then, and then going from there being like, not questioning what that really means. But like, I, I think what it's important, like what you were just saying that to the, the idea of providing a black space where black folks can just be um, ourselves with each other um, it, it's kind of like you said, it's almost ingrained in a way that we know that society does not accept, um, a, an authentically black experience. <laughs> uh, oh, but they like to be part of the experience though. That's the thing. They'll come into our space right, to experience the, the full black experience come on you know what i mean i think absolutely i think here um like my experience here uh in oregon is that we've got folks who are trying to identify with blackness um Mm -hmm. and and that's what you can hear you can see it's like an attempt versus just allowing black folks to be black even black folks here who are who are attempting to connect with their blackness more like people may who may have uh, who are multiracial and don't mm-hmm. are maybe confused about that or not necessarily confused but battling with it or like compromising right. with it or yeah. trying to mediate it some way that that absolutely way that absolute way of of um of trying to maintain like putting a brown face on something doesn't make it a black space uh. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but why do you need to put a black face on it to begin with? Because that's what makes it black, right? That's how they. I'm that's, irritated. Okay. <laughs> my, 
my whole soul just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you do that, I will walk out of the door. Girl, Don't that is, that is a that. Pacific Northwest go-to. That's okay, a Pacific well, Northwest go-to. Do you know that my husband's from Eugene, Oregon? I come up there quite often. That's mm-hmm. how I know you. Yeah. And honestly, when I come up there, and I hope y'all hear this, and y'all know who I am, I'm Jocelyn. Um, when I come up there from time to time, I feel like I'm in Get Out. Girl, you are. Oh, my God. That's exactly where you are. That's what, oh girl, all the black women I know. And that's why, that's why I don't do barbecues and stuff anymore. You know why? Because I feel like you are just looking me up and down, trying to figure out who I am and I will walk away because I'm not about to be judged or criticized or put under this kind of umbrella of what you want me to be to make yourself feel better as a white person period not gonna happen right well that that that's what that's what is happening (laughs) that's that's why when i come to eugene i'm just really like and if i walk away from you you said something stupid flat out like if i'm having a conversation you say something that is that is off the wall i will walk away so what's the difference in oakland here to teach you teach you how to represent yourself if you don't know anything about the culture or you assume that you know that's an upset within itself so what's the difference what's the difference for you in in oakland what's the difference um what's the white folks like there not to be actually because it's like everybody's moving out and i own my home so i'm i actually am seeing things uh switch and like this is like this is a small percentage of of art and culture left and we're trying to preserve it as much as possible black and brown people um, and and our and our allies actually, because you know I have a lot of white friends that get it. Okay, and you, you feel me? The, and tell me about that because the because like I feel in the Pacific Northwest, the black folks here we're trying. We are professionals. We have our own studios. We have our own companies. We have our dialogue. Um, we, were, you, and I were talking about, you know, um, the competition between black folks here. I think because there's very few of us, we tend to um, legitimize who's black enough because of their behavior. Um, I think I do that for sure. And that the way that I do that is that to, I try to see how open people are to blacks uh, ha- holding all black spaces. Like people who are like, well, she's got black kids. That's great. Her kids can come. She's not black. You know what I'm saying? Um, I have, but that's how <laughs> Go, you know me. I'm trying to keep it real, and it's like, d- stop compromising. Like this is does that does not make you black. It doesn't. And we're talking about actual spaces that allow uh-huh. us to talk about our hair, our skin. We can talk about our issue. We can talk about work. We can, without thinking it's going to come back for us tenfold. Right. Um, in some someone talking about, and I'm air quoting a race card. You know, we don't want to talk about it in those terms. And so if I see black folks who are afraid to put a black lives matter sign up because they think it might be controversial, you're questionable. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's how I feel. I I, I can't talk to you. I can't talk to you. I can't. And that's the problem that compromising, um, is really, really hardcore here. That compromising is really, really hardcore. So when we talk about going down to, um, uh, or even tolerating, I'm going to go back in, even tolerating racist banter, like, well, she just didn't get it. Or those people, like, you know, she's she doesn't mean I'm it that way. That. You get it. My, oh, no, these are black it. folks I, talking I, about oh, white folks, God, like like supporting yeah. that idea of that ignorance. Like, well, if she hangs out more, maybe she'll, you know, for the lack of better words, black it up. She can't like and and if you don't understand it as a black woman or man, then that's where I question it. And that's why I I distance myself 
from folks who are trying not to be black in a black space, creating black people. What? That doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? So what? Uh, that's... Is, I, I, can I, I want to say something real quick? Go, clear. go, girl. I, yes, of course. I, I deal with white people who have done their homework. Yeah. See, down, down in Oakland, I feel like I, that's the thing. I, I have friends that say I have white privilege. I have empathy for what's going on, but I will never know. That, we can be friends. Right. We can be friends. If you're just like, well, I just don't get it or understand why, then I can't fuck with you. Oh, I can't mess with you. <laughs> you can't, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I can't, I can't deal with it. I had an incident in Eugene where, <laughs> I'm just going to say it, I was hanging out at my mother-in-law's and um it was a dog going by and he was a black dog it's like oh that's a cute dog blah 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 i was like all right cool whatever and one of the the guys there was said black labs matter and started laughing i said that's not funny no yeah black labs matter so you calling us dogs what are you trying to say you know what i mean He's like, Jocelyn, it was a joke. I'm like, that's not funny. And don't ever talk to me or talk about me or my people like that. Right. And you of course they I mean? didn't get and it. He was like, well, Jocelyn, I just don't get what's wrong. I was like, you're a 70-year-old white man telling me you don't know what's wrong. You know exactly what's wrong. And it's and because you're acting like you don't know what's wrong, I don't want to talk to you ever again. Right. And I think that, I think, folks, that living like that is a is a massive idea of isolation here like to stick up for yourself and for your family and for your culture and for your community in such a strong way you're going to end up being by yourself in in oregon you're going to end up being by yourself in washington um (laughs) you you really will you're going to be by yourself and the thing about it is is that we'll find each other girl i got like two people i kick it with we will find each other you know Uh, but i think it's really important like for going back to your dance career, it's like in order for you to be authentic in your choreography, in your movement, that's coming from this journey of right. of the of exactly what you're talking about, right? I mean, I'm speaking for you, but I'm assuming when you yeah, put it, it definitely does, and um, yes, I add like my own flavor with ballet and with other styles of movement. And yeah, I have people say, is that black enough? Black is what I wanted to be because I am black. And it's my experience of who I am as a black person that makes it black. Right. And don't try to downplay it because it's not exactly the experience that you went through. Right. Everyone experience is different. Yep. Yep. And you're exactly right. And I think the voices of us, um, and I say us as in like black folks and people who identify uh, as black, um, I think that our voices are sometimes quieted with the idea that we need permission. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think your example, if you want to check out Jocelyn and her dance and um, through her Instagram, you're going to see an expression. And I think even looking through your dance expression that um, people who are in that same struggle, we recognize it. Right. And and I think that we need to work harder on showing up for each other. We, to- we totally do. And I, I just want to put this out there. Like, I love when I see other black women and men succeeding. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. And I'm not trying to take your spot. I'm not trying. I'm trying to congratulate you on what you have achieved because my spot is my own spot. You know right. what I mean? And I feel like that's why there's a limited addition of us in certain places because it's like, oh, it's, it can't be too many. Right. But why not? Right. We all bring something different to the plate. It's more than one type of black experience. And I think that when when black folks are are nervous about, like you said, there can't be too many of us. We can't, you know, the the too many people in this neighborhood, the value is going to go down. Too many people in the dance, people are going to go somewhere else. I think we need to understand how we are upholding white supremacy. I think when black folks or white folks look at a black space and go, oh well, you know, um, there's a lot of black folks here. We we should probably, like, you know, put on our our cornrows and we should probably like try to. Say, yo, what's up, girl, to you so that you can feel more welcome. That's all white supremacy. That's like saying. Don't do that because (laughs) my thing is, 
Let me just give you one example real fast. I was having a conversation not too long ago, you know, and I was in a white space and, you know, showing my work and all that stuff like that. And a girl came up to me and started talking with an accent. And I'm not big on that at all, period. What do you mean by accent? Um... She was like, hey, girl, what's up? I'm just like, no, see, that's when I walk away. Oh, she she felt like she could say, she could be like, uh, oh, like, you go, girl. Right. And I was (laughs) like, no, we can't go, girl. We can't. (laughs) We cannot. I'm going to put a pause on that and walk away. Uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. The miscommunication. And, you know, and I, I'm, I'm going to start doing a workshop on intent versus impact uh, for white folks. And it's going to be, you know, talking about that very idea of, like, not understanding how to communicate in a way that, like, you don't need to fake it to be here. Um, and neither do we. We don't. It's that same idea. We don't need to fake it to be here. Black folks can be black just the way black is. Just the way I express it, just the way you express it, it's going to be what it is. Just the way you are. Just the way you are. And we can (laughs) count. She said just how you were before you walked up here. Before Uh, I came up to say hello. Yes. You can definitely just be who you are, please, because I'm definitely going to be who I am. Period. Right. Right. Period. Period. Oh, well, Jocelyn, I've, I've loved talking to you. I think that we talked. Is there anything that you can think of that we didn't cover that you wanted to cover? Um, not right now. We might have to do a part twosies. This is fun. Okay, girl. Oh, my gosh. It's so funny because a lot of my guests, they come on and they're like, oh, can we do that part two? Because I got more things to say. And I, I and I have something else to say because I kind of want to talk about me being black and also dating outside of my race. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Cause yes, you and I yes. talked, you and I talked about that a little bit. Um, you know, a tad bit, but this was important to talk about black space first, I think. Yeah. And, uh, you know, go ahead. Cause I also want to say just because you date outside of your race too, doesn't mean you're less black. True. True. I girl, we have a lot of talk about that. Cause I have, I have all things to say. <laughs> I have a lot to say about that because it's just it's a it's another can of worms that we have to re- we have to schedule another session. We do, we will. Um, I wanted to say something because I I feel really bad about this particular person who wanted to get a hold of you, and I feel bad because my Facebook feed is not working and it, the live video is not coming through. The studio, oh. yeah, the studio has some issues um with the computer, and so we're not able to do it at this point. And this is the second week um that that's happened. So as I say that, I'd like to encourage people who are listening um, to consider uh, my Patreon page, um, Black Girl from Eugene underscore one. So um, anyway, with that being said, there is a person who wanted to surprise you, Jocelyn. Yeah. And her name is Lisa Stanford, Stanford from London. Who she said your Patrick is her brother and she met you fifteen years ago. And that she loves you, loves you, loves you, and really wanted to say hello. And so I know Yeah <laughs> I know that she's listening in London. Um and what? yes. That's amazing. She, but she's in London. She called I me know. from London <laughs> to get your to get you to get you to know, understand that she wants to listen online, and she was so excited to hear about you. And uh, and 
she wanted to really get in touch with you. And so I was so, I'm so sad because that was really my main, I'm like, this whole time we've been talking, I've been trying to get online so she can say hello to you. Um, oh my God. Yeah. So I like threw me for a loop de <laughs> I think that she was hoping for that. So Lisa, if you're listening through the radio and through the, the, um, the app, I hope that did you justice. I'm so sorry. It couldn't be online. Um, but, uh, there it is. Jocelyn, Lisa's sending all kinds of love. All the love back at you, yes. Yes. Okay, so we have taken up our hour past what we said we would do, but we did our hour. <laughs> we can talk. Girl, <laughs> all day, every day. Um, once again, I want to encourage people to send me, um, subscribe to my podcast, send me reviews, uh, send me messages, tell me what you think, tell me about things you'd like to talk about. I have a, a list of guests that are coming through for January and February. Um I will be at the MLK March tomorrow in Eugene. Join us there. Uh, we're having a recognition for the women of distinction um, in, in Eugene, in Oregon, and I happen to be one of those people. So I will be there representing the podcast for that. Um, also, please consider um, supporting my work through Patreon, patreon.com uh, forward slash black girl from Eugene underscore one. Uh, that would support me creating my own studio where I can actually have this podcast throughout the week and I can also do uh, interviews a little more, a little longer than just what we have here. And we can have profanity. Woo! So. <laughs> I have to check myself. That's, several of we want the profanity. I, I apologize. No, girl, you're Go fine. You're, you're fine. We will work that all out. Um, and, and thank you so much, Jocelyn, for being with us. Please yes. let us do this one more time. <laughs> we can do it whenever. I just, you know, with a newborn and everything, we'll figure out another time. Yeah. And, congr- sure. yeah, and congratulations to your family, of course. And I also, of course, want to be able to, you know, incorporate all that experience too, as a mother, like we can do a podcast on that for five days straight. So, right, exactly. you know, yeah. So, okay. Well, thank you. Um, ho- please hold on Jocelyn while I, while I wrap this up. Um, okay. Thank you, you, everybody. Thank you so much for everything. This was awesome. You're so much fun. And I'm out.